Welcome on into the Utah Preps Zone podcast. I'm Jay Catch, your host here, joined by my fearless co-host and good friend, Sean Walker from KSL.com. Sean, how are you this fine evening? Jake, once again, I'm so disappointed. We're, we're not meeting in the Utah Prep Zone studio sponsored by uh, Larry H. Miller dealerships. Insert your we're, name here. <laughs> we're, not, we're not sitting across each other, and I am unfortunately not able to stare into those bright, supple, ridiculous baby blue eyes of yours. Well, we're doing this via Zoom because you can blame COVID for the fact that we can't gather together to to record these podcasts in person. But uh, regardless, we're talking high school football around the state of Utah. Sean, week two is already here. It feels like this week has flown by, of course, since we had the first games, the first 50 games of the season last Thursday and Friday night. As we look ahead to week two here, kind of what are your feelings on how the state has handled the COVID-19 situation and how, how are things looking in your opinion going forward? Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of COVID-19, I think it's about as good as can be expected. We know of two games that have been canceled so far, obviously last week, um, Bingham's home opener against Weber was canceled. We discussed on the pod. And then we mentioned uh, earlier this week that uh, Cypress's Cypress has canceled their road opener, I guess, at Ridgeline Uh, Ridgeline still, as far as I know, is trying to find a, a makeup game to play there. Um, But we are getting kind of down to the wire, wire river Hawks. So good luck, I guess. Um, But yeah, I mean, if, if we can get out of each week with no more than one or two cancellations, I, I think that's a victory. Uh, The UHSAA, planned in some ways for stuff like this to happen you know they set up uh things with the rpi so the teams wouldn't be hurt by canceling games and and there are no forfeits and and that kind of thing there's even a um that they've used to be able to to quickly identify teams that are on an off week or a bye week so that if somebody does have their game canceled through no fault of their own uh they can maybe potentially be be connected with a team that is on an off week or a bye week and try to reschedule something and make something up. So, um, so far, you know, two games canceled through two weeks. I, I have a hard time. You, you obviously don't want anybody to test positive for COVID-19, but I think that's about as successful as you could maybe hope for. Um, certainly from the perspective of the Utah high school activities association. Yeah, I would agree with that. And just to tease ahead here on the podcast, we're actually going to talk with Dave Peck, the head coach of the Bingham Miners. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week to talk about the situation revolving around them having to cancel their week one game. Uh, we're going to talk about their matchup with Skyridge here in just a little bit, but just a little bit of a tease ahead. He actually had some in- very interesting thoughts on how his team has managed uh, having that game canceled a week ago and also preparing for what will be now their season opener against the Sky Ridge Falcons. But, Sean, uh, should we break into these games, some of the top games of Week 2 as we get ready for uh, some of the best games? I I look at the schedule this week, and some of the games on this docket, I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these teams in action and going head-to-head. Yeah, and what I really like about this week, Jake, is, you you know, you and I, we kind of try to take a little bit of a bird's-eye view um, from for high school football in the state of Utah, looking at different regions and, and just different parts of the state all around. Although number one forever in our hearts, uh, region nine forever. <laughs> yes. Um, but 
I, what, what I do really like about this week is there seems to be a pretty good kind of smattering of games geographically. They're not all in Salt Lake County or Utah County where I think, well, I'll, just to be totally honest, but I, I think we kind of focus on those two places a lot just because of sheer population. That's where, uh, you know, nearly two thirds of the high schools in the state are located. So it's kind of hard not to focus uh, on those two counties. But I, I think we have some really good games up north. I think we have some really good games down south. And then obviously the heartbeat, the kind of bread and butter right there on the Wasatch Front as well. So pretty geographically diverse, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong about that. And I think a good uh, starting off point is obviously the fr- Thursday Night Lights game this week. It will be on KJAZZ, and it features Timpview and American Fork. And on its head, Sean, those are two of the power teams in Utah County. But based on results from last week, it looks like it might be a David and Goliath situation if you were just taking the week one results heading into this game. Yeah, this is a game... Uh, featuring a team that is coming off of a run to the state championship game and returned a whole boatload of offensive starters, um, had a lot of momentum and a lot of promise and several big time recruiting targets. I know for, especially for some local teams uh, coming in the state. Um, and then that team got shut out by Lone Peak last week. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if you would, if you would ask me kind of what to make of this game, two or three weeks ago, even I probably would have told you something completely different than what happened last week. But the, the fact is uh, Timview lost, got shut out by Lone Peak and then American Fork with a 55, nothing um, boat racing. Um, we can use that term, right? It, yeah. it was, it was pretty significant, pretty significant win um, over Lehigh. And I almost feel like those two teams have in some ways kind of flopped where Tim is sort of this traditional power American forks is kind of quietly gets going through the season. Um, and then they usually do their best work come playoffs. All of a sudden now they're starting so fast and Tim has a lot of, a lot of uh, questions that need to be answered this Thursday night. Yeah. You're not kidding. And I had a chance to be on the call for that game, that Tim view Lone Peak game as part of the Deseret news rewind live. I, 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 and I was watching that game and you're right. There are weapons all over the field for Tim view Carson Ryan, one of the top tight ends in the entire country in the 2022 recruiting class, Raider DeMuni, a BYU commit who is a highly thought of prospect. You even got guys like Targi Lampson, one of the better running backs in this state and Leo Almavai, the new starting quarterback there for Tim view. He was expected to be, better than he was in week one. So just looking at what Timview has uh, depth and talent wise, you think they should fare better uh, than they did in week one and heading into this matchup against American Fork. But based on what American Fork did to Lehigh, it just seems like American Fork is going to come out and be the hammer. And sadly, Timview might be the nail. Uh, yeah. Although if, if you are looking for a hammer um, from the Thunderbirds, I would definitely look in the direction of Targi Lampson. This is one of my favorite runners in Utah high school football, certainly this year. I just, I love, there's something about the way that he runs. He's a very violent rusher when he has the ball really seeks after that contact, just kind of goes over kids. Uh, He's, he's able to lower that shoulder and always pick up an extra three, four, five, six yards sometimes. Um, And just, just does a great job of, of kind of initiating contact and then exploding through it. This is a guy that I think Tim few needs to build around maybe even a little bit more. Um, You saw it a little bit against Lone Peak, Mm -hmm. um, but who knows? I mean, maybe there's a chance that just Lone Peak's defense is simply that good to be able to shut out uh, an offense like Tim few 24 to nothing. You know, we don't know yet. It's, we can overreact if we want to one result. (laughs) That's fine. Um, 
and then we did plenty of that on the last pod. So go ahead and just rewind this and you guys can catch all of that. Yeah. Um, but coming away from Tim I, I think I'd like to see them kind of use the run to set up the pass a little bit more maybe, and just work things through Lamson because this is, he's really a special talent. He is. There's no doubt about that. He really is a good player, and we'll see uh, what happens in this game. But I think you and I both, I think we're both going to pick American Fork here. Are you disagreeing? We agree. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I got to go with the caveman on this one. I mean, Maddox, Maddox Madsen, uh, Noah, Noah Moyaki, uh, Spike Adams with a nice night last night uh, or last week against Lehigh. Yeah, it's, it's hard to pick against the caveman. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to games on Friday night, Sean. And we already talked about there's a pretty good slate of games here. Let's start off with one that I will be on the call on personally. I will be calling Bingham at Skyridge. So I will get the minor season opener as they face off against the Skyridge Falcons. Dave Peck now back at the helm of the minors program after taking some time off, spent some time as North San, North San Pete's a defensive coordinator, working with his nephew, Rhett Bird, for a number of years. But now he's back leading the minors, and John Lehman's the only head coach that Skyridge has known since they opened their doors a few years back. I think this one has the makings of what could be an all-time classic. This is two very talented teams going head-to-head. Yeah, and, and it's, I don't know if three, two or three years ago when Skyridge opened up, if if within a couple of years you would have expected to say that the Falcons were right up there to, to be competitive with one of the best teams, his, certainly historically, but even contemporary, contemporarily uh, in the state and Bingham. But I think that's absolutely the case right now. Um, I mean, coming off of a big 33-13 win at Alta, now they get the minors on their, home, on their home turf. And this is a game where I might like Bingham a little bit more aside from that X factor of having to go to Lehigh to the, the Traverse mountain area and play on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it before. I think that's kind of the ultimate equalizer for a lot of Utah high school football teams. And I, that, I don't know if it gives Skyridge the edge. It's hard for anybody to have an edge over Bingham, but I think it does. It gives them as close to an edge over the minors as any team can expect right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, you're gonna, Like I mentioned, we're going to hear from Dave Peck here in just a little bit, Sean. He's very excited for this team. He thinks there's a lot of talent on this minor squad, but he's also very wary of the fact that, you know what, I don't know what I ultimately have until we actually put him out on the field and let them turn loose. Uh, so there, I think there's going to be a lot learned from this game, especially for Bingham here because it is their first game of the year. I'm going to pick Bingham to actually go on the road and win this game. Which way are you leaning? I think we'll know a lot about this game based on the probably the first half or early in this game. Um, I mentioned before Skyridge when they when they went on to to beat Alta really did most of their damage in the first quarter, twenty six nothing um, before the uh, the the quarter break, the the mid first half break, mm-hmm. um, if you will. And uh, McKay Hill said had I think he had a hat trick. He had three of his four yeah. touchdown passes. Uh, yeah, three three touchdown passes there. Uh, in the first quarter, if Skyridge can get out to a fast start, I think Bingham's going to be in trouble. Playing from behind sometimes hasn't always been the minor strength for sure. Um, not saying they're incapable of rallying. It's just it's it's hard to do, um, and they haven't had to do it very often. So if Skyridge can get out to a fast start, I, I think I might like the Falcons to come away with the upset here. Okay. 
Well, we'll see what happens in that. But one. I don't think they're going to do it. Okay. All uh, right. Give me, give me Bingham by seven. Okay. Well, there you go. I thought you were going to pick Skyridge, but you decided to stick with Dave Peck and the Miners. All right, Sean, let's move on to another game in the south part of the Salt Lake Valley. We have Harriman heading across the valley to Draper to take on Corner Canyon. I would like to think that Harriman could hang tough. Obviously, they lost their season opener against Davis last Thursday. It was the first game played in the entire United States of America in terms of high school football. Uh, and they had their moments, uh, speaking of what Harriman did against Davis. But you're running into a different offense than you have faced before when you take on Corner Canyon with Jackson Dart at the controls and Eric Kerr pulling the strings as the offensive coordinator slash head coach there at Corner Canyon. I don't think this game is going to be particularly close. Should I be thinking otherwise? You mentioned Eric Hare and what he's able to do with so many different quarterbacks in the state. Um, maybe among the most recent current BYU starter, uh, Zach Wilson, a corner Canyon product out there. He's got another really good one in Jackson Dart. But I don't know if Eric Hare is going to be the most influential care or member of his own family in this game. Um, I think his boy Noah Care could have a okay. could have a really good day and 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 uh, and just connect with Dart, who has so many weapons around him. Uh, Noah Kerr, Austin Bell, Cody Hagan. You you just you have so many weapons um, that it's if as soon as you as soon as you shut down one player, it seems like the Chargers have two or three other guys that Dart can just sling it to. So um, yeah, sorry Harriman, but there aren't a whole lot of teams that can hang with Corner Canyon this year. Yeah, it just doesn't look like it's uh, many people, like you said, are going to be able to hang with them. It's going to be a game, I feel like, if you go up against Corner Canyon this year, your offense is going to have to match them point for point. I, I'm not sure that you're ever going to hold them down just with all the weapons like you mentioned. Austin Bell, Cody Hagan, Noah Care. There are just so many guys out there on the field for Jackson Dart to pick from when he's uh, dropping back. and It just looks like they're going to be an absolute just – juggernaut on offense and I I am picking corner Canyon to win this game a tough 0-2 start for Harriman but I'm I'm telling you Harriman's not a bad team I think they've got plenty of talent it just so happens they might be facing two of the top teams in 6A in the first two weeks of the year uh yeah 100% I mean nothing against the Mustangs but this is this is a brutal non-region schedule to get them ready for a pretty good region as well so uh, yeah, we, once again, we agree. All right. Well, we'll diverge at some point here, hopefully. Sean, let's go up uh, north Davis-Weber County area and talk about Davis, the aforementioned darts. Uh, they travel to Viewmont here. And, Sean, I look forward to this game uh, because of, you know, some, should we call it uh, unique circumstances a year ago? Uh, I don't know what kind of a joke you're trying to make, but it's something just smells funny about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ha 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 ha! Well done. No, it, a year ago, many. I, I feel like you were trying to. I feel like you were trying to make a pun there, Jake. But um, your your landing was a little rough. Okay, my bad. Nice, nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, but obviously, a year ago, uh, a a dog decided to interrupt this game, and then decided, you know what? I'm going to drop trow and have some fun on the field out here. And it's just, it's one of those uh, moments that. I think will forever live on in high school football. And you mentioned this right before we started recording, and I looked it up. Our good friend Patrick Carr from the Standard Examiner, apparently he's writing a big old story on this uh, so-called oral history of the moment that this dog uh, interrupted the Davis-Viewmont game a year ago. Yeah, so anybody up north or anybody who has access to a newsstand uh, on most of the WhatsApp's front, go ahead and pick up a copy of the Standard Examiner this Friday. Do newsstands still exist? 
Uh, if they do, you should sure. go pick up a copy of the standard examiner because um, I'm really, really looking forward to just kind of a look back. I know Patrick's been working for several months now on the story, trying to talk to all the players involved, players, um, referees, officials, coaches, administrators. Uh, he, he talked to Viewmont's, I think it was Viewmont's principal for something like an hour about it. Like, I mean, he's, he's just gone all kinds of in the weeds with this story. Um, but in terms of this year, Viewmont Davis, it's a big rivalry um, and becoming, I shouldn't say big rivalry yet, but it's certainly becoming bigger and bigger, I think. Um, And the two things that have really stood out in recent years when these two teams meet is defense. Mm -hmm. I think the darts have a little bit of offense to go to match that defense as well. You know, a chance for Hio, a quarterback, it's really, really hard to pick against a senior, a senior quarterback. Um, especially against a team that he knows well and that he's played against so well. And then Spencer Ferguson, a running back, ran the ball 32 times for 197 yards, averaged over six yards per carry last week against Harriman. Um, yeah, wolf indeed, um, if you will. It, I, you know, when you, com- when you combine those offensive players with the dogged defense of Davis, um, I got to pick the darts here. All right. I would like to pick the Vikings. I'm not going to lie. I, I think this is a program that, that you're right. They, they're getting better. They've been a pretty good defensive team. You mentioned the fact that Davis has had a strong tradition on defense, but I, I'm with you. Tran, Chance Trujillo, uh, they're at quarterback for Davis. They do have an offense here that I really do feel like is matching some of what their defense has done the past couple of years. I really like Davis's chances to be the top team in Region 1. And I don't see any reason why they should uh lose this game but hey when you go on the road in a so-called rivalry game crazy things happen but give me the darts double-barreled home dog of the week <laughs> there you we heard go. it here first Beaumont. there we go all right sean uh, let's talk about another game that features one of the powers in salt lake against a three-time state three-time defending state champion down here in utah county that is the east leopards traveling all the way to orem to face off against the orem tigers I'm excited for this game, Sean. I, I think both of these teams have got solid offenses. They've also got a lot of tradition, a lot of D1 talent on both sides of the field. Where do you kind of see this game tipping between the Leopards and the Tigers? Uh, yeah, good little warm-up game for both of these teams, I think, heading into this one. Obviously, um, uh, East, not very happy, and, and head coach Brian Maddich will will agree with me on that, I think. Not very happy with the way they played in the first half against West Jordan, and then just absolutely rolling the Jaguars in that yeah. second half, led by uh, one Amine Mone. Um, and then Orem doing a little bit of the same thing. Um, almost returned the opening kickoff against arch-rival Mountain View for a touchdown. Didn't. Didn't. So I will I will mention that for my proud Bruin alum co-host over here. Um, <laughs> they did not return that opening kickoff, but then started a little bit slower and then just revved up and pulled away pretty quick from the Bruins. Um, and and I just I feel like the way that those two teams played so similarly um, that I I don't think you could ask for them to be playing any better or any differently going into a very very celebrated and very anticipated matchup in Utah County. I really like this game. Um, I, you got two teams that want to run the ball and get physical and just shove each other and push each other down. Yeah. Um, and every single yard is going to be extremely uh, just hard fought, a very, very hard fought game in, 
in so many ways. Um, I don't know what the over under would be on this game if I were to handicap it, but whatever it is, I'd probably take the under <laughs> because this, this is just going to be one of those games where, where offensive, where any yardage and just any points are going to be an absolute premium. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, I am going to go against my better sensibilities as a Mountain View Bruin alum, as you mentioned just a minute ago, but I'm picking Orem. I think that uh, East is going to travel home losers in this game. I think it'll be very tight. I think it's going to be a great game, but I'm going to take the Tigers to win on their home field and to defend their home turf. Finally, I get to use this sound, Jake, because, oh, we disagree. <laughs> um, I really like East in this one. Okay. I, I just, I like the Leopards. I think they've got, um, they've just got that rushing attack led by Brandon Manage's triple option that is just plug and play reload every year. But Amine Amone is an absolute special talent. Ran for over 200 yards and two touchdowns last week against West Jordan. That's pretty special. Um, but he's in some ways not their leading ball. All carry here, at least in terms of yards per carry. Uh, Mapa Vainuku, 14 and a half yards per carry a week ago. Uh, carried the ball, carried the rock eight times for 116 yards and a touchdown against West Jordan. So they've got so many different weapons to attack on the ground. If they can do that and then also control the clock, I think it might limit Orem to be able to do what they really want to do. So um, either way, I want to pick either one of these teams to win by much, but I think I might have to give the edge to East in some ways. So maybe another home underdog. Okay. All right, Sean, two more games here to talk about this week. Uh, let's go back up to region one here. Uh, it's actually region one versus region five matchup. Syracuse heads to Farmington. A year ago, both of these teams, very talented, but both of them graduated a lot of senior leadership, a lot of senior talent from last year's team. Both of them had bumpy opening weeks. Uh, What do you make of this game? Here's the thing, Jake. We talked about brutal opening schedules for our friends uh, out at Harriman and Dustin Pearson as Mustangs, right? Yeah. Corner Canyon also has a pretty brutal opening schedule. Can I just just read you off a couple of names? Um, Please do. And even before we get into region five play, I think for the most part. Um, so they're, uh, they're home to Syracuse this week. And then they're at Ridgeline next Friday, okay. which is assuming that game goes off. Cause Ridge, Ridgeline did just have their game canceled against mm-hmm. Cyprus this week. So assuming that game goes off, I think Ridgeline is quietly one of the better teams in foray and, and, um, certainly one of the top two teams in the cash Valley Skyview is really, really good too, but, yeah. but, Certainly one of those better teams. Um, and then Farmington gets to host Lone Peak, which you and I have both seen Lone Peak play. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they'll jump into Region 5 play, just absolutely battered and bruised and hopefully ready to make a run at a region title. But uh, this Syracuse game might be, it might be the easy, their easiest game on the uh, non-region schedule. And I don't think it's a very easy game at all, not in the least bet, bit. So Farmington's coming in, coming off of that 49 to 20 loss to Corner Canyon, by the way, another brutal non-region game. Um, I don't know uh, what your boy Danny Coates is doing up there, but he is really testing his guys. He's really testing the Phoenix early on. Um, and hopefully he learned something pretty good out of it because this is just absolutely brutal. And because of the brutal schedule, I think Farmington's going to win by 10. Really? Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, So I'm going to use a bad pun here, Sean. You ready for it? I'm waiting. Looking at that schedule, you just mentioned what Farmington has to face early on this season. 
I'm going to predict that they are going to be like the Phoenix. They're going to crumble into ashes and then recompose themselves or reincarnate themselves, whatever that does. The Phoenix re- rebirth in Region 5 play. But until then, I think they're going to struggle. And I'm taking Syracuse. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. You, how long did you think about that one? Uh, while you were making your last point, pretty much. It was a spur of the moment type of deal. So... It flopped pretty hard, but you know, still having fun regardless. All it right, kind of flopped, uh, kind of like the dog at the uh, Davis Beaumont game. So we, so I'm taking Syracuse. You're taking Farmington. We we disagree on that one. One final game here, Sean, and we are calling it our small school game of the week, and it features the summits. South Summit facing North Summit in a rivalry game. This game will be up in Colville. The Wildcats will travel north to Colville to play this game. Uh, Mike Grajek is back as the head coach of South Summit. Uh, They suffered an opening week loss to Milford. Not all that surprising. Milford is pretty much one of the powers when it comes to 2A, and it wasn't all that surprising that they won that game, I thought. But North Summit, they've actually had a really good uh, rebuild job over the last few years. I think this game is going to be pretty close. Which way are you going in this one? Yeah, South Summit is, uh, I mean, there's really no way to say it otherwise. They, they're coming off of a season that was pretty down, certainly by their standards and probably by a lot of standards. Uh, I mean, just three wins a year ago and one of those losses, a 42 to nothing shutout to Morgan mm-hmm. in the uh, first round of the 3A state playoffs. Um, this is a Wildcats team that traditionally has been very good at, dare I say, even a small school power in a lot of ways and just really struggle. They just, they just really struggled in the first year moving to 3A uh, last year. But Jake, they won three games, including a one-pointer against Grand, where they only scored uh, seven points. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those other wins, 26 and nothing against the North Summit. So <laughs> – you know what? Give me the Wildcats here. I got to go tradition. Okay. You're going to take the Wildcats. I'm actually going to agree with you. I think this game is going to be tight. I, I really do feel like North Summit has actually done a really good job rebuilding their program. I still feel like they're probably a year away from really, I think, I guess, quote unquote, being a finished product, but they've done a good job. Uh, the head coaching staff up there, I think, has done a masterful job taking a program that's really down on its luck and really just rebuilding it piece by piece. But I believe in South Summit. Grayjack, he's one of the better coaches in the state, even if he does coach South Summit in one of the lower divisions, one of the lower classifications in the state. But give me the Wildcats to prevail on the road. I still think, though, this could be a very good game overall. We're two fans of the other other East High over <laughs> here, and by that I mean the East High Wildcats. Shout out to Troy and Gabriella. Oh, dear. Why did you have to go there? I make a bad pun, then you have to just ruin it all by going with, uh, what's it called, High School Musical? Come on now. Shout out to Troy and Gabrielle. Ugh, okay. All right. We'll take a short time out here. We'll come back on the other side. Catch up with uh, Dave Peck, the head coach of the Bingham Miners, as his team gets ready to take on the Sky Ridge Falcons in their season opener this Friday there in Lehigh. We'll get to all of that coming up here in just a second on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. Welcome back to the Utah Prep Zone podcast. I'm Jake Hatch. He is Sean Walker. Sean, I had a chance earlier this week to catch up with Dave Peck. He is now back in control and in charge of the Bingham Miners football program. Uh, many people remember him for, during his 15 years in his original stint as the head coach of the Miners. I believe won five state titles during that run. 
created one of the true powerhouses in recent memory in Utah high school football. He is now back after a a five-year hiatus, if I'm not mistaken, maybe four-year hiatus, where his assistant John Lamborn, his top assistant John Lamborn, led the program to two more state titles. But the nice part is, is Dave Peck's not coming in with having to, to rebuild. He's essentially just taking what John Lamborn has built up, and he expects to really make a run here. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of rebuilding going on on the far end of South Jordan. Um, that hasn't been the case for years and, dare I say, even decades, and I don't think that's the case right now with uh, with Coach Peck as the – can we call him the new old coach or the sure. old new coach? Yeah, why not? The, the old new ball coach? <laughs> I, I do reference uh, something similar to that in my interview with him. So uh, let's get to it here. Let's let people hear. Here's Dave Peck with myself right here on the Utah Prep Zone podcast. Please welcome in now Dave Peck, I guess the new head coach of Bingham, despite having a previous tenure of, uh, what, 15 seasons, Coach? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Jake? Doing all right. Uh, first things first, obviously, your guys' first week or weeks of the college, of the, not the college, the high school football season were a little eventful. You guys had a positive test or three for COVID-19 that stopped you guys from playing your first game against Weber. Uh, it sounds like everything's in the clear, and so far you guys are planning on playing this week against Skyridge. Am I right? That is correct. So, yeah, really disappointed last week that it turned out like it did. But, you know, but we get it. It's, you know, some uh, we're going through some tough times right now, and obviously we don't want to uh, we don't want to spread the COVID if it's around. And so I think uh, you know last week the decision was made to to not go. It was never really shut down necessarily by the, you know, the, the county health board and stuff. Uh-huh. But I think it was both high schools really kind of looked at it went maybe it'd be in everybody's best interest not to play. So. How often are you in contact with people from the county health department, your own administration and the like regarding COVID-19? Uh, it seems like uh, it's happened quite often over the last, you know, over the last few months. Because if you have any cases at all, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting to find out what the ruling is going to be and what's going to happen. And we had a, we had a couple cases in the summer where that, you know, it shut us down for a day or two. And then they, they, you know, looked at it and said, okay, you're good to go now. And uh, so, you know, it seems like it's been kind of an ongoing deal for us and, I can't imagine that that there's a a lot of programs out there that haven't dealt with it at all. I I just can't imagine that we're a whole lot different than everybody else, but maybe we are. I don't know. As you guys get ready for this week, I guess uh, the fact that most of the other teams in the state have now played one game, they have that one game under under their belt. Your team does not as you get ready to face off against Skyridge this Friday. What is your chief concern as you get ready for this game? I think game one um, is probably that most critical game when it comes to finding out what kind of shape you're in. Um, usually game one is the hardest one. You just All of a sudden you start going all out you're realizing that all the conditioning and everything you did was not anything like game speed. So I think that first game is a, uh, for every team every year that I've coached is usually kind of an eye opener. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I like our team. 
I know we've been working hard, um, but you know that we haven't really competed or gone all out in practices um, as far as uh, um, hitting and tackling and you know all that. We've been at such speed pretty much the whole summer, so you know it'll, I'm real curious to see how our kids going to play when we just turn them loose. Obviously, there's so many things going on in the world right now. How has your team uh, morale-wise been all summer long? They've been pretty excited to finally hit the field. You know what they have? Even last week, they were pretty disappointed. We had a real good team meeting, and, you know, their attitude's been amazing. I don't I don't know if I could have stayed as strong as they've been uh, back when I was in high school. So the attitude's been good, and I'm just hoping we – you know, that nothing goes wrong this week and we get the game in, and um, I think that'll be exciting for all of us. As I mentioned in the Open, you previously had a 15-year run, including five state titles there at Bingham. You're now back as the head coach of that program. Uh, what brought you back, I guess, is the first question. You know, uh, John Lamborn, we, we coached together for 21 years, and he took over as the head coach when I left, and he's been doing it for five years, and he called me when he had decided that he was going to get out because I wanted to let you know before before I announced it. And I couldn't get it off my mind and told my wife that I was, you know, that I, I don't know what it was, but I was interested in it again. And I just think a lot of hard work went in to building the program into, you know, into to what it's become. And I don't know, I felt like I'm going to be, 59 in in a you know a few weeks and I figured I would go probably Tom 65 which is probably six years and went well if I'm going to be working and doing something why not go do what I love and you know I love being part of being in football and I guess when I had that chance to come back I decided to decided to take it how different uh is your, I guess, philosophy now as a head coach as compared to what it was previously, if anything? Um, I think um, my expectations now are higher than they've ever been as far as what I expect out of the kids. And that's the, probably the biggest thing that I think uh, the kids have been like, whoa, you know, because every day um, I just think there's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. And, and, and how we practice, how we treat people, how we go about our business, you know, really becomes who we are. And I just think there's no shortcuts in life. You know, you, you got to do things right. And I expect our kids to do things with class and with integrity and, and you know, be the program that, that, that we had built and that everybody looked at as, as kind of a, a model of what they wanted to try to be. So, and the kids are really bought in. I've been, I've been, and you know, that they had won two of the of five state championships yeah. when I was gone. So the program is, it just kind of kept rolling. And so, you know, we're just, we're just building off of the traditions and the, the, you know, the great foundation that has been built over a 15, 20 year period. Yeah, so Coach, I wanted to ask you, in terms of your previous staff, I know a bunch of them stayed on with Coach Lamborn. How many of them are now with you in your second stint now? 
Oh, I'd say about half, maybe a little more than half. Most of my sophomore coaches have stayed on. There was two or three coaches that were going to leave, and then when I when I took it over, they decided to stay. So I feel really good about our, you know, the the coaching staff that we have. When I was reading about uh, your team and reading some of the previews and whatnot, it sounds like you're not going to be calling your own defense for the first time in quite a while. Yeah, that's been an adjustment. But, you know, I don't know how I could have been doing it with all this COVID and everything, the COVID-19 and all the paperwork and dealing with everything like like we have. It would have been really hard to, um, to be the D coordinator and watch as much film as I needed to and have our kids ready to go out and playing these games so anyway we we had a great coach by the name of Vi Tata um moved to, he moved into the state sent me his resume and I was like is this serious or his resume was amazing been the head coach at Kahuku High for two years last time they won a state championship in 2015 he's coached uh, for Stanford for a couple of years Vanderbilt he's been a his last one was a being a D coordinator at junior college in California, but I saw the resume. I was like, really? This guy's moving to Utah. And anyway, we met and we got to know each other and it just felt right. He's, he's an amazing coach and he's got a, a lot of time to, to put into the program. And our program, I think has a chance to be better than ever with him as a D coordinator. So, or I wouldn't have done it. I mean, I, my gut feeling said that this is the direction I needed to go in. So, You guys open up this week. It'll be your guys' season opener at Sky Ridge. What do you make of Coach Lehman's team? I'll tell you what, that's, it's a really talented team. Um, they, got, they got some great athletes. Uh, they have a sophomore quarterback that I'm really impressed with. He throws a great ball. He makes good decisions. And, you know they're they're big up front. They, I don't know. I, I from watching them against Alden that first game, they look like the real deal. So I, you know, I I know that I know that it. You know, I hope it's going to be a great game. But um, I think they're one of the top six eight programs in the state right now. If you're asking me. You guys open up with Sky Ridge, then you have a big matchup with Corner Canyon, and then you follow that up with Timview. That's quite the opening slate there, Coach. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever, you know, uh, you know, said that we wasn't afraid to <laughs> you know, play anybody anytime. You know, and our, our whole thing, we want even – even if we lose one or two of these games, I guarantee we're going to learn a lot from it. Um, of course, the uh, – you know, the goal is to go out and win them all. But if we don't, we're going to learn a lot about our team and I expect it to be better moving on. So, now I think it's a great schedule. We know that they're all good programs, and but we're excited about the challenge. Last thing for me here, Coach Peck, is I wanted to ask you, in terms of your confidence level in this team this year, it's your first year back, obviously. Uh, had they still The Bingham program has continued a stellar run despite you not being with the program under Coach Lamborn. What is your confidence level in this team this year as you begin your second stint? I think this team, uh, if it comes together like I hope it's going to, I think, they, I think they're going to be right there competing for a state title. 
And, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, it's just been the way it has been for probably uh, at least 10 plus years, probably longer than that. Well, it has been longer than that. That Honestly, here, if we don't win the state title, it just doesn't feel like it was a really successful year. So I know that's what the goal of coaches and the kids are, you know, to be the last team standing. Absolutely. Well, Coach Peck, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to join me. Look forward to the game this Friday and looking forward to watching you guys throughout the rest of the year, all right? Appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. There you go, Dave Peck and Sean. As you just heard, this is a guy who's confident in this team. They have 16 or 17 guys who he would consider to be starting caliber guys who started at least a handful of games a year ago back on this squad. Uh, in talking with him, they had over 102 players on their varsity team this year. Obviously, the rules with COVID-19 and the UHSAA guidelines require that only 50 can be on the field at a time. But I'm telling you what. John Lamborn left the cupboards very stocked, and Dave Peck should just take off where John Lamborn left off and even where he left off four or five years ago and really just take this program and make them into a title contender right away, it feels like. Yeah, and I think they've got the schedule to, to absolutely prove it because we, we mentioned with some of the other games uh, in the first segment, if you really want to be the best, it's it's hard to just cruise through a shall we say lesser than slate or one of those kind of easier schedules and that kind of thing. You, you really want to try to learn something about your team early and often mm-hmm. and just get them prepared for, uh, for further down the road when it really matters, when you're talking about competing for region titles and then into the state playoffs and, and eventually competing for state uh, state championship, which everybody wants to do. And um, I really like what coach Peck is doing with Bingham. Um, just not shying away from anybody. They're at Skyridge this week. Obviously, they had that game against Weber, who was supposed to be a contender in, re- in uh, up in Region One. Yeah. Um, before that game got canceled, certainly. Um, and then, uh, and then next Friday, they're uh, hosting Corner Canyon in a game that a little birdie told me uh, maybe national televised. So keep your ears to the ground on that one. I heard a similar rumor. Uh, um, so, and then uh, yeah, and then. They've obviously got the rest of their kind of region three. So, oh, they've they've got a Thursday night game against Tempview in there. Yeah, they so do. Yeah, that's that's traditionally a very good uh, a very good one. But first things first, uh, going on the road to Sky Ridge. I just I I love kind of the the attitude and the the moxie I guess of this team, saying anyone, anytime, anywhere. Well, it's fine. Um, we we want to prove that we're the best and want to beat the best. And I. I think a win on the road at Skyridge could go a long way towards um, potentially proving some of that. Yeah, I, I would think that it's going to be a, a pretty good game here. I do think it would be a statement for Bingham to go out and win this game and really just say, you know what, we are a team that can go on the road against some of the other powerhouses in 6A and, and win these games. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited to be on the call for it. I'll be on air uh, at 6.45 p.m. as we're officially supposed to go live with our live streams there on Deseret News Rewind Live. Dusty Litzer obviously taking you around the state from game to game to game. I will be on the call for Bingham Sky Ridge. We'll also have calls from all around the state, so stay tuned for that this Friday. And, Sean, before we go here, any parting thoughts or wisdom from you that you would like to dispense upon our listenership? Jake, it's so good. Even if I can't stare into those supple, brilliant, sparkling blue eyes of yours, it's still just good to have high school football back. Have I said that enough yet on this podcast? Oh, you have. And just keep saying it. 
Yeah, it is great to have high school football back. Um, I'm really looking forward to this week and this weekend. I think we'll learn a lot more about several teams in the state, contenders, pretenders, everything in between. Um, and to quote the idols of my youth, and I know a shared passion that we both have, I would just like to say to everyone out there, be excellent to each other. There you go. And party on, dudes. All right, we'll sign off for now. We'll, of course, be back early next week with a week to recap our top 20 rankings after the second week of games. Enjoy whatever game you go out to this weekend. Make sure you get out to games. I, that's one other thing I want to encourage people. This is an opportunity to get out. Obviously, you probably have to uh, get tickets for these games due to the COVID-19 restrictions in terms of fans in the stands. But if you're able to, get out and support these young men. Watch them play the game that they love and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thanks for listening to the Utah Prep Zone Podcast.